Makoto Kato and welcome to Well with Anahila, the Labourist MP based in Papakura. Today I'm going to have a call it all with Sally Hughes. So Sally is from the Auckland Regional Public Health Service and hopefully uh, where she will help, uh, help us understand what the Auckland Regional Public Health uh, Service does because I've heard it many times, A-R-P-H-S, but today we've got an opportunity to meet with Sally. Sally, welcome to World with Anahila. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Kia ora. Oh, kia ora. <laughs> so we'll start the program by asking you a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, tell us about yourself, Sally. Okay, so yeah. um, my interest in public health goes mm. way back. Mm. Um, I was originally a teacher mm. um, and so health education was sort of my route into public health. Mm. And so I've been in that space for about 35 years now. Mm. So mm. I've had an a experience of a lot of different health issues, which is really interesting. Mm. That's great. Uh, and of course, that's why you've landed at Auckland Regional Public Health Service. Yes, yeah, that's right. Fantastic. So w- what is Auckland Regional Public Health Service? So it's um, a series of teams. It's mm. an organisation that represents all three DHBs. So mm. that's Counties Manukau, um, Waitamata and Auckland DHBs. So mm. we do the public health side. And probably the thing that people are most familiar with where us is concerned is our response to covid so mm. we um, picked that up when mm. when it started happening at the beginning of um, last year, and what our role is now is doing the contact tracing. Mm. So that's um, pretty huge, as you can imagine, mm. and and a very very important part of mm. of the COVID response. Um, and so when it started, we all chipped in and mm. and all took up part um, but now we've really geared up and we've got three dedicated teams but that's not p- the part of the business that I work in. Mm. I, I work in the health improvement team and mm. for the last two years I've been acting manager of that team mm. and we do the sort of work that looks to the future and looks at ways that we can prevent ill health mm. um, and help to keep the population healthy. You look into the future yeah. to prevent ill health, mm, to keep yeah. the population healthy. Tell us about that. Well, so the lots of things that make people sick mm. are things that we can have some agency over mm. ourselves. People do have um, the ability to eat more healthily and exercise and do all this, the things that we know mm. do contribute to, to better health. But besides that, there are the things that are in the environment that mm. that contribute to ill health. Mm. So my team are the team that look at those sorts of things. We're not handing people pamphlets out to tell them to take a, a walk every day. Mm. We're looking at the things in their communities, in the environment that contribute to ill health. Okay, so the things in the environment. Yeah, well, well, well there's, there's lots of things actually mm. um, that can be modified in order that people Mm. Uh, can be healthier. So if you're looking at smoking, for example, mm-hmm. we have a team that's working on tobacco. So rather than there are very important um, measures that can be taken to help people to quit smoking. Mm. But beyond that, there is the things that um, in the environment that mm. do contribute to people 
not being exposed to advertising for cigarettes, for example, mm. um, for not being exposed to secondhand smoke. And so legislation that we've um, brought in over many years mm. really contributes to people not being tempted to smoke, to not being um, exposed to smoke, for kids not seeing people smoking. Um, so there's lots of regulations now that say people can't smoke in mm, certain yeah, places mm, like in mm. one of the most recent pieces of legislation was about smoking in cars mm, mm. and so children are no longer um, exposed to secondhand smoke in cars which we know does contribute mm, to to cancer mm, mm. Yep, so those are the sorts of things my team does um, alcohol is another space where mm. we have a team working on and again there are lots of things that can assist people to not be exposed to the harm from alcohol. So mm. licensing laws, we have a team that um, monitors that and and provides advice along with the police and council as to whether a license should be given. So mm. in a particularly vulnerable community um, where there are a lot of liquor shops, we might advise that there not be another <laughs> mm. another one along with the other hundred that's already there. Mm. So that's another sort sort of the mm. work that we can do. And there are two pieces of legislation um, going at the moment. One for um, a new action plan on mm. tobacco and yep. and there is talk of a, um, a review of the alcohol legislation. So my team is helping with those with those sorts of aspects. Mm. An- mm. Another thing in the environment that's really has a big impact on people is advertising of food. Mm. So people sort of think they have a choice about the food they, yes, <laughs> they buy. Yes, um, <laughs> But often it's really influenced by the marketing that they've seen for various foods. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's a big project yeah. that we're looking at is how to um, restrict some of the advertising to particularly for foods for children that are not so great for their health. Mm. Well, that's – and advertising is uh, really um – an important fact because you've you've um, touched on it in terms of uh, alcohol and coming to um, uh, to uh, smoking, uh, and we like to think you know we, we like to think we're really independent. We we know you know nobody tells us what to what to buy. Um, yeah, no one has any influence on what the way I buy things, and we like to think that we have an independent. But you are telling us that advertising is, is important because it affects our choices. Oh, abs- Tell us about that. Oh well, it's so. Dumb. You know, so yeah. many people you talk to do say that, oh, no, I'm, you know, yeah. and the industry tells us, oh, no, all we're doing with our advertising yeah. is getting people to change brands. Yes. But we know for a fact, mm. the research is just all over at this, that children in particular, um, are, it changes their preferences, it changes their um, consumption and it influences them dramatically mm. into what foods they'll eat and mm. it influences parents into yeah. what foods they will buy for children as well um, and you really just have to look at the facts the billions of dollars that companies spend on advertising they would not be doing that they would not be spending that money if it wasn't making a difference mm. to the amount mm. of, of the food they're advertising being 
Maybe, just, yeah. Oh, thank you, Sally. Maybe if we can just bring it closer to the household. Yeah. So we talk about, um, you've, you've said facts are mm. telling us this yep. and yeah, companies yep. are. So if you have any research that brings us straight to the uh, household um, that you can share with the listeners today, sure. that would be good because, you know, we could say, oh, it's just facts and facts and yeah. facts. And yep. I could say, oh, no, actually, I just, I'm independent. I do, mm. I, I choose my own. Yeah. Well, we just know that mm. the number of advertisements that that um, people are exposed to, mm. and I've got some recent numbers on that. Mm. And so, in counties Manukau, for example, mm. the the number of advertisements um, are four thousand two hundred and fifty in the in that area. Um, and so, when you twenty five ads within five hundred meters of a school is also um, something that you have to take into account. When you mm. think that children are walking to and from school every day and you think, oh, well, that's just, it, yeah. that's neutral, that's just mm. out in the street. Mm. But 25 ads within 500 metres of a school. Of a school. Yes, yeah. children are exposed to. And we know it's not just a single ad that makes mm. the difference. It's the constant exposure. Mm. It's the It's the gathering together of all the instances where they see an mm. ad mm. for school. There was a mm. really good um, experiment done mm. in the UK um, mm. where they took a group of young people, mm. they invited them to come to a session mm. um, and to a lunch mm. and on the way, the journeys of those young people, mm. they showed them ads for fried chicken mm. in the taxi, in the Uber, on the billboard, on the television screen, on the shop they walked past. Mm. They all saw the same ad for mm. a fried chicken that didn't even exist, actually. Mm. It wasn't a, a known brand. Mm. When the kids arrived at that session, they gave them a menu and said, oh, what would you like for your lunch? A hundred percent of those young people chose that fried chicken. Fried chicken. Oh, okay. And so they, it wasn't a branded no, fried chicken. It was no, just, yeah, it was yeah. a fried chicken dish, mm, mm. and they all chose that dish. And then afterwards, when they revealed that to those young people, they said, "I, I don't know. I didn't even want fried chicken. I don't know why I said I, I would have that to eat." And that is the mm. power of, of advertising. advertising, and much of. Much of it, like with those young people, mm. is subliminal, like it's underneath the surface. Mm. People, mm. they don't know they're seeing it. Mm. And, of course, that's the issue these days with online advertising. Mm. Mostly people aren't even aware of what children are seeing on online. Mm. You know, parents Definitely, of young yeah. children and teenagers, they don't mm. know what their kids are looking at. Mm. But because the kids are interested in a certain type of Mm. program like on TikTok, they'll be served up with those ads mm. and parents mm. are not even aware. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a parent myself. I don't I don't even know what my kids are watching. Yeah, online. especially my youngest. Yeah. And even when you know what sort of channels they're watching, you, you don't know about the, the ads. ads the, the ads kids, just come on. The, yeah, the ads just come on and, yeah. and your children are not going to say to you, oh, I saw a great ad for such and such. But mm. they might say when you're in the supermarket with them the next time, they might go, oh, mum, can we have that? And you don't know where that's come from. True. But True. it's probably come from an ad. Oh, yeah, because how yeah. would they know? How would they know? Yeah. Exactly. So in your, role, uh, in your role in terms of you and your team about health improvement, how do you have an impact on that kind of advertising? So so we for years I've been 
worried about this marketing mm. to children for mm. a number of years. And so in the beginning, we used to try to work with the companies mm. because in good faith, they used to say to us, yes, we, we would like to help with mm. um, these problems of, of food young people are eating. Mm. Um, and so we did try to work with them. Mm. But in the end, we didn't see much change. Mm. And probably a lot of people don't realise, but there is no um, regulation of advertising mm that is not actually linked to the industry. There is a self-regulation system. So that's the system. Food Advertising Standards, is it? That's, yeah, yes, the yeah. ASA, the Advertising yeah, Standards a, Authority, authority yeah. have a code about advertising food and advertising food to children. And that code is? But the code is, it sort of limits it to like one single ad. It doesn't take into account mm. the whole suite of ads that, that a company mm. would do. They never just do one single ad. They yeah. do a whole campaign. Mm. And it's mm. that com- combined power of the exposure to those ads. Mm. So that that those advertising standards are actually run by the industry itself. Mm. It's, mm. it's not independent. Mm. There are some independent people on the panel, mm. but they report the whole system is run by the by the advertisers mm, mm. and we have been testing that system and complaining about ads mm. that we think were pushing kids to eat f- a lot of food that was not good mm. for them and we've very seldom managed to get an ad one of those complaints for for a bad ad upheld mm, mm. so um that's the sort of work we've been doing, test, testing that system. And now we have come to the conclusion that really there needs to be regulation mm. of, of those sorts of advertising to protect children from mm. from having a diet that's, you know, really, really heavy in, in less healthy foods. Definitely. So um, thank you, Sally. So that's where I met you. I was um, beginning a conversation around advertising right. for um, yes. children and I didn't know that myself right. until I looked into the area. And that's where I met you with a, a, a group who are interested in in championing that work. Yes. Um, yeah. Can you um, share with us? Um, yeah. Yeah. So what we're doing is mm. just trying to help people understand the power of that sort of advertising mm. and, and that it's it is something that influences children's consumption, mm. either by the food they ask for, the food mm. they purchase themselves, mm. or by the foods their parents buy for them. So we feel that as a responsible society, we should be protecting children mm. from that. Like mm. we protect kids from all sorts of other yeah. harms, like mm. cycle helmets, fences around pools. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things that we do to protect children because mm. we know children are more vulnerable mm. and that as they grow, they're developing the sorts of mm. taste for food that they will take into adulthood mm. and we know that if they develop a taste for high fat, high mm. sugar, high salt foods, then that's, that will be with them for life and mm. we want, we think that as adults, we yeah. and as, as a society, we have a, a duty to protect children mm. from those, from an mm. overconsumption of those sorts of foods. Mm. Um, and so that's the sort of work my team's doing, trying to get people to understand that it is a risk mm, um, mm. and also trying to um, ask the government to help us with this, mm, that mm. we really, that self-regulation isn't working mm. and we really need to get some rules in there that um, prevent mm junk mm. food from being just the normal food because it's, mm. it's not normal. That's no. not the way people used to eat. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I know that for sure. I've experienced that myself. Mm. Yeah. So thank you. Um, thank you, Sally. It really is important because um, 
uh, when when we came in as a government, we brought in the smoking cars to ban smoking yes, cars. Yes, and that's did. because the facts are telling us that secondhand smoking and children had no control in the car yep. Yep. with the smoking. And, of course, just adding on to our smoke-free by 2025. And um, that's, where it, that's where you uh, hope to have the conversation about yep. advertising uh, yep. food to children to get to that stage. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I just want to let everyone know that it does get uh, – that we need champions in these areas to yes. make sure that uh, we get to a space where um, the government will make changes because we've got champions who are sharing with the whole community about what's happening. Happening, and we've seen that in smoking in cars. Yes, we've seen that in bringing in the vaping. Um, yep. Yeah, that we're bringing in um, uh, legislation because people are dying. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and people yeah. people don't die. As quickly, yeah, it is, with yeah. unhealthy food, but yeah. eventually it, it does lead to ill yes. health and it does lead to yeah. premature death. Yeah. yeah, I've seen some some um, uh, facts last week recently, and um, what I see that what um, killing the majority of Aucklanders is mm. lung cancer. Mm. That lung cancer is a cancer that actually um, takes a lot of um, lives sooner than what we mm. would expect them to be. Yep. So definitely, that's a, that's the reasons why we. Do we do what we do. Yep. So not far behind, though, is um, the effects of, um, uh, of well, uh, um, what we eat. Yes, unhealthy diets. Yeah, unhealthy diets, yeah. because that yep. will um, yeah, result in a lot of um, complications, and that's yep. what you hope to do. Yes. Yep. So do you, um, uh, Sally, in terms of actually reaching the actual household, what, what do you, in your current work at the moment, uh, what does that look like? Um, so we're we're talking to communities. We mm. um, at AFS we have a lot of partners who work more directly with communities mm. like Healthy Families mm. and and Hapai Te Hawara. Mm. So we've got um, those people working with us on this project, mm. and and so we hope to that people in the communities, the Cancer Society is another really powerful um, partner yeah. of us mm. in this in this work, and we hope that they will go and talk in their communities about support for this sort of legislation. It's a tricky one because people like to think they can buy whatever they want, yes. and we're not stopping that. We're not saying mm. these foods should be banned. What mm. at all? What we're just saying is people shouldn't be exposed to the pressure to buy them to buy, yeah. more often. Mm. So mm. that's the message we're trying to get across to people, that mm. yes, it's fine to have um, that sort of food every now and again, mm. but just it isn't fine to have it every day. Every day, that and will the lead, amount that yes, we are consuming. And the them. amount we're consuming, mm. it will lead to problems mm. in later mm. lives. So, yeah, mm. that's what we're trying to do with communities, to get them to support us, because governments don't like to do things if the people aren't with them. Yeah. And yeah. so we need people to understand the harm that can come from these foods mm. and to support us when we say we need some restriction because the companies aren't going to, to make changes themselves unless unless there is some rules about it. Mm, most yeah. definitely. So as we're having a conversation, um, everyone, I'm, I'm having a conversation with Sally Hughes. So Sally is the manager of health improvement at the Auckland Regional Public Health uh, Service. <laughs> and uh, I met Sally in a conversation with another uh, group of people about advertising, food advertising standards. And um, that 
that's how I met Sally and we're having a conversation today. Um, Sally, if people are listening and they're interested in, in joining the group or asking questions, mm-hmm. how will they go about reaching you? Um, well, they can reach me at Auckland Regional Public Health mm-hmm. Service, mm-hmm. Um, Sally Hughes, um, mm-hmm. and just they can def- definitely get in contact with me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's um, on the website, Auckland yes. Regional. Yeah, yeah. By, yeah, so that's how you could uh, get in touch with Sally or get in touch with me and I'll connect you with Sally because um, until I had a look at what was happening in Aotearoa New Zealand with food advertising, I myself also didn't know that uh, there was no legislation. Mm. There was no legislation or laws against uh, about advertising standards. So uh, it's a good um, start to uh, have that conversation with everyone around us, especially now that it's so accessible. Mm. If, you know, if everyone's got a mobile and advertising is so accessible anywhere in New Zealand, you, you know, from... I know parents, oh, I can just think as a grandparent, um, my yeah. grandchildren have their own devices. Yep. Yes, yeah. that's right. I mean, yeah. when, when I first started doing this work, it really was television ads that, yes. were, that were the problem. Yes. <laughs> but it's, boy, has it changed. Has it, it definitely yeah. has changed. Yeah. It has changed from the television. I know when I arrived in New Zealand, it was black and white yes. television. <laughs> and now I remember you, that. Your grandkids, uh, grandchildren have their own devices yep. and parents can have a, um, a, a control on what, um, what rating yes. their children yeah. uh, in terms of um, right. general rating or age restricted rate rating and what their children can access but that's nothing advertising doesn't have that food no, advertising no it does not no yeah. advertising does not have any sort of filter that you can put on mm. your, your kids device so it's that's why it needs to go that step further and, mm. and say, well, actually, you're not allowed to advertise that mm. sort of food mm. to people under 18, for example. That's what we'd we'd want to see happen. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sally. So you've been a teacher in your beginning yep. of your career and um, you're now at Health Improvement. What do you hope for um, New Zealand? Well... Yeah. <laughs> and, what, and what you do, what do you hope yes. for New Zealand? Well, I guess what I'd like to see is that more recognition that we can do more in the environment that no, mm. that don't blame individuals mm. because we are all products of our environment mm. and and I hate it when I hear people say oh people just need to have more self control yeah. I mean it's no we know someone some who said that take some responsibility <laughs> but but really we are just products of our environment yes. and we need to make the environment healthier and mm. that's what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a community that cares for all of its citizens mm. in, in, in that way and it's mm. not it's not being a nanny state or anything it's just caring for people mm. and, and helping people to live healthier lives mm. and so that's what I'd like to see I'd like to see mm. um, more help in, in the community for people so that they can live healthier lives mm. it's easier for them rather than making them you know oh gosh where do I find some healthy food in this community because there are some communities that really have very poor access to healthy food Mm. Um, whereas other communities have an abundance of fruit and vegetable shops etc so there's not there's not equity in Mm. in these things and that's what I'd like to see I'd like to see more equity Mm. um, so that everybody could live a healthier life Mm, most definitely and uh, also we'll be helping the environment too yes yes definitely Mm, mm. is there anything else you'd like to share with us today um just that um 
that thing about it not being your fault. Yes. I don't want people to take from this um, interview that I'm blaming them for mm. the food they buy for mm. their kids mm. because I know how hard it is to, mm. to, to with the cost of food and everything mm. to, and people are time poor, mm. you know, they've got lots of jobs they have to go to and mm. so, yeah, I want don't want people to think that I'm wagging my finger at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm here to support people mm. to have to be able to live more healthily, not mm. to tell them off. Mm. <laughs> so I guess I just wanted to get that message across. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great because um, I think just be more aware. Like yeah. as, as a, uh, a person who buys food for my household, just be more aware of convenience. Yep. And when I do choose um, convenience, what's convenient to me because of the lifestyle that I lead uh, is that when I do make a choice of what to buy in the family for dinner that night if I'm the one doing the cooking, it's like... Okay, stop. <laughs> Is it easier to uh, to stop, go to the supermarket and get something healthy or stop at the drive-thru? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did um, I'm starting to be aware of that. So last week I um, decided to go to a drive-thru because it was my turn to cook. And there was maybe 10 cars in front of me waiting at the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, and by the time I got to the end to get my, it was like half an hour I've spent in the drive-thru. Oh. And I'm thinking, geez, if I had gone to the supermarket, <laughs> parked the car, gone and grabbed something, and yep. then get in the car, it would be less than half an hour. Yep. And I'm Absolutely. thinking I'm taking the most um, speediest way to cook by doing that. So I think a challenge to everyone um, listening, um, let's just double check on what we do when we think we're in a hurry. Yes. Uh, how much time it actually takes us to do, um, to get that uh, food of convenience and actually just going to the supermarket or the local fruit and veg to get something. Yeah, That's think, right. Yeah. And, and then if you, if you buy those you can buy those same ingredients like yes. ha- hamburger patties and a yeah. bit of lettuce and a f- and some buns. You yeah. can make hamburgers at home and you know what's in them. Yeah, you know you, what's in the burger you, and you, you still have leftover yes, uh, uh, right. you know, ingredients to make another yep. burger tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. And it yeah. won't be any more expensive yeah. than, than yeah. going to a drive-thru. Mm. Yep. Well, thank you, Sally, for having the conversation that caught it all with me today about your role at the Auckland Regional Public Health Service. It is that time we're coming to that... I ask you, what do you do for yourself for well-being? Oh, yeah. right. How yes. do you keep well? Well, well-being is so important. Mm. And, of course, it's it's not just the physical well-being. Mm. For physical mm. well-being, I'm a, I, I love my veggie garden mm. and I'm in a walking group and mm. I do – I used to play tennis, but I don't seem to have time for that anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, but the, the – that the other well-beings are equally important mm. and I mm. spend time with um, my whanau and mm. with my friends mm. um, and that's the way I keep sort of mentally healthy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's great. I've Many people that I've interviewed in the program, that's what they, they value the most mm. is time with whanau, yeah. time with friends, just having a conversation or yeah. catching up with them, yes. whether it's half an hour on the car, on the way home and during the traffic, catching up with mum or the sister. Or, yep. Yeah, it's yep. just great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can come find those things and you can go walking with a friend and you get double your money. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for um, spending time with me today, Sally. It's great to hear. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, What you do do, um, for our well-being and health here in in Auckland, even though most of us aren't aware because you're doing it in the background, just to take this opportunity (laughs) to say thank you very much and um, uh, all the best in your conversations about uh, food advertising. in the future, hope I hope to uh, support you in that role as well. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much. So, everyone.
one that was well with Anahila. We've just had a korero with Sally Hughes. Uh, Hughes. Uh, she is uh, the health improvement manager at the Auckland Regional Public Health Service. And that was our korero today. And that is well with Anahila. Have a great day. Ka kite anō.